Hey, hello out there. This is Old Buck Dave, and with me is uh, basically nobody. Old Buck Dale is somewhere else. Uh, I understand there was a glitch in uh, renewing his license in the Witness Protection Program, something like that. Hey, it should be sorted out by next week, and we expect to have Dell back. Uh, and in the meantime, I'd like to welcome all our new listeners. We've had a big surge in listenership. I think we're now uh, bouncing up against double figures almost. So <clears throat> appreciate that. Thanks to you all. So for all you new listeners, I am going to take this opportunity to uh, give you a sample of some of our past episodes. Uh, is it going to be the best of the bucks? I don't know about that. It'll be some of the bucks. It's like all the news that fits. I hope you enjoy a little bit of this, a little bit of that. This first segment goes back all the way to episode number two, where we got our first letter from afar, basically asking us, how we can tell each other apart. So this is our take on how we can tell each other apart or not. We got a letter. Uh-oh. Letters from afar. This was our first letter. Uh. Let me read it to you, and we can, we can talk about it. This comes from Chad in St. Paul, Minnesota. Dear Bucks, I see from your podcast logo that you dress alike. Sometimes you even sound alike. Mm. Do you ever get confused as to who is Dale and who is Dave? Uh, you know, we don't, but others do. Although it's there's uh, there's some clear uh, clear similarities. I gotta agree, uh, don't you think? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we are we are we are similar in many ways. Well, we're similar in many ways. Same height, I think. Right. We are the same height. Uh, uh, we got the same initials. Same initials. Um, we. We went to school together? Or? We grew up in the same town. We and we live in the same town. We played sports together. Yeah. We dated the same girls together. Yeah. Not at the same time. Not or at maybe the at the same time, time yeah. but you know, no threesomes or anything mm-hmm. like that. So well, there, we really have a lot of things in Yeah, I mean, uh, you recall, I mean, you lost, you lost a kidney in high school, and then I, I lost like half I a did. kidney 14 years Although, later. you know, I did find that kidney. They gave it back to me. It was in a jar. I know, bro. you showed it, yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> you carried that around with pride for a while. It was in a jar for a, for a long time, yeah. yeah. Nobody, everybody wanted to throw up. Anyhow, yeah, it's true. And you lost a kidney or a portion of it. Uh, uh, you know, something else I was thinking about. We both married immigrants. We both so, married, so yes, that, yes. So, our wives you know, are from someplace else. They're from true. someplace else. And, of course, they both, they both make us feel inadequate when they start speaking in one of the six languages that they know. Right, and, and we feel like stupid Americans. Quiet, right yeah, from us. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, that's true. We're at very similar, and uh, you know, we're both still living in the same town. I think we have a it's very just, similar, it's a different sense, town, but very similar sense of humor. This that, that uh, complements uh, uh, each other. I'm, I feel confident about that. Yeah, you know, and. and and we've had a lot of experiences. We've together. had a lot of, a lot experiences. of experiences. Some of them we can talk about. <laughs> but uh, I'm think I'm think I, this kidney thing. Now you keep talking about the kidney in a jar and all that. You think so, of the kidney incident? Oh yeah. Do you remember we were? I was fixing my bicycle. Yes. I was, I was putting a new derailleur on. Yes. And I needed kind of a special metric bolt. It had to be a specific thread and length. Right. And I didn't have any like that. I, I what know did you where say? You're going. You said. You said, "I said let's. You mean let's go get it at this uh, some nuts and bolts store? Nuts I don't remember what the store, store yeah, was. Yeah, I think it's 
called Bolts R Us or Bolts R Us. Okay, yeah, Bolts R Us. So we were we so, were in the store, and we we found we you, we we found the ones we needed. We found so that the was a good thing. We were we were in the checkout line. We were or something. in the checkout line. Okay. Second in checkout. Second in the checkout line. <laughs> it was no, it was me and you. And it was me and you, and there was a guy in there front of us. There was a stranger in front of right. us, and there was nobody at the counter, to, nobody at the cash register the to register. check okay. us out. So we're waiting and okay. waiting. And this guy says what? He looks, he, t- <laughs> he turns around us, and he said, he says, what the heck do you have to do to get waited on here? Donate a kidney? And we just looked at each other, yeah, we didn't say a word, said, and we pulled our shirts yeah, up. Yeah, we lift our shirts up and immediately uh, say, yeah, magic that's course, what it That's pretty us. much, yeah. <laughs> We've been here so long. I don't know why we even came back. Well, we yeah, lost we're, the we're already. Yeah. <laughs> and then that place just erupted in laughter, and we laughed the whole way home after that too. That was a, that was one of our more brilliant, impromptu, uh, uh, what comic routines. Next, we go back to season one, episode four. This would have been Novemberish last year, when Dale educated us on the spotted lanternfly. Interestingly, today you see episodes on television warning people about the spotted lanternfly. It just goes to show you how far ahead of the curve Dale was. He is kind of a forward-looking, man-of-the-future Renaissance guy. So listen to Dale's uh, little segment on educating us on the spotted lanternfly. Now, this is, this is our culture club section, folks, and Dale's going to educate us a little bit on the lanternfly. Well, this, is a, this to me was very fascinating. This is uh, from an article in the Smithsonian Magazine, October issue uh, 2020 of the Smithsonian Magazine. And this may be of interest to a lot of people. This was a story about the spotted, spotted lanternfly. And let me read the uh, let me read the, the the blurb on that. It's an invasive insect that has spread throughout Pennsylvania since its discovery in Berks County in 2014. The spotted lanternfly feeds on the plant sap of many different plants, including grapevines, maples, black walnut, and other important plants in PA. If you see a spotted lanternfly, help us stop it in its tracks. To report sighting, use our reporting tool below or call our hotline at 1-888-422-3359. Wait a minute. That's too many digits. Let's one, try, try that again. 1-888-422-3359. You're right. I'm sorry. All right. Okay. Of course. That's going to get edited All out. All right. Spot Atlantify. <laughs> Anyhow, this thing... If you read this article or Google this thing, this this thing should scare the daylights out of you. The the way it propagates itself, how it spreads, and the ability of this, uh, I would say, a moth, to destroy a complete orchard of grapes or apples. And this he said this is so serious serious of an invasive pest has such a healthy appetite, and the way it does it, the way it sucks the sap out of these things, uh, of plants, the the biggest concern is just is spreading in the United States to to places like California or something like that, and it has no natural enemy, and it can travel 
it can travel. It doesn't have to be on a plant to, to reproduce itself. It can travel on underneath of a, a truck. It could. It can attach itself to anything and just underside of a pony, perhaps. Something. I don't know. You know, I don't know if it grows in hair, but but okay. I mean, you think about this. Just when you think you've we've got enough issues, that can that can cause a financial disaster. Uh, if this thing uh, ruins the grape or the vegetable harvest in the three states, the United States, I mean, that would be, they were talking millions and millions of dollars worth of damage that this thing can cause. And, and now they don't have a way to stop it. So in essence, if you happen to be in this area of America where you see this, you've got to report it to the Penn State. Uh, there's a Penn State division is researching this. University of Pennsylvania. Penn State. Penn State. Pennsylvania. That's yeah. different. Two different schools. University Sorry of Pennsylvania that. is the one yeah, yeah. nobody can afford. But the lanternfly, when you, if you get a chance to Google this article, there's a whole bunch of stuff out on this now. It's found in 26 counties, uh, all, all of which are under an imposed quarantine. Uh, there's one story in the article about a man who had to physically check every plant and every tree that he was selling or moving, and he basically went out of business. He just couldn't couldn't manage the expense of that. Mm -hmm. So okay. the spotted lanternfly, look that up, and uh, I think you'll find that to be very interesting. I never heard of it before. Uh, I'm only mentioning it because uh, uh, talking okay, to you, so talking to you about it, and the other three people to listen to us. So are, we do more know, than you, just you, provide useless information. Right. This is and uh, this that's is all I real. have to say about that. And that's right. a serious, uh, serious invasive species. Okay. So next is. My flat tire story that came at the end of our segment that Dale was hosting called Always or Never. So this is my riding my bicycle, getting a flat tire story, almost or never. Speaking of always and never. Always and never. That, that reminds me of something. Okay. I was just, just thinking the other day, you know, I never get a flat tire on my bike anymore. You never get one. Ne well... In all of 2021, I've had, well, I've had two flats, but they were both defective tubes that just kind of split on the inside on their own. They were not, not as a result of uh, picking up debris or riding over glass or anything. Mm. So I was just, here it was, it was a, the last week of 2020, and I was just so proud of myself. That you never get a flat I never down. got a flat in 2020. And... Uh, so I was uh, getting my bike ready. I decided to change out the stem. I put a little bit, a uh, little bit higher stem on the bike, to you know, in, in deference to my ever encroaching arthritis in my neck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so while I did it, I had I had the bike up on the stand, and I I, I like to check the tires periodically. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm. And I noticed the back tire was just full of nicks, you know, a couple of little chunks out of it. And I thought, oh, man. You, you ride anywhere, don't you? You just ride. Well, you, you ride. Yeah, you ride. And uh, I said, you know what? This week, When this weekend comes, I'm going to take that tire off. I'm going to look at it and check how thick it is. I might, I might be ready for a new tire. And, and for you folks listening, we're talking about literally wearing a tread off of these tires. We're not. We're not talking about the bike you have in your garage that looks like it just came from Sears. This is a bike that gets. These used. are bikes that get used. That literally, used. wear yeah. the treads off of these yeah. things. So, uh, so anyway, the next day, just it was just a couple mm. days ago. So I, I go out for my ride, and uh, I'm riding down down further down the street here. There's a lot of construction going on, new developments, 
a lot of stones and crushed stones and pebbles out in the bike lane. I'm thinking, oh, this is not good. I'm mm. riding over them, and they're crunching and crackling. <laughs> and I get through, and I made These it. are narrow tires, too, aren't these they? Are, yeah, these are narrow tires. And uh, so about a mile down the road, it's like thump, thump, thump. Oh, it got me. It got me. So, God. So never? Uh, well, almost never. Almost uh, never. Yeah, so Almost I, never. There's another right. one. So I, I pull over. I get up, take the bike up on the sidewalk. Lay it, lay it down, took the, the back wheel off. It's always the back tire, you know, it's always the... Never the easy it, it tire, It can't be right? the easy tire, yeah. <laughs> so there's a couple walking on the sidewalk, you know, going past me as I as I took the tire off. And, uh, and this woman looks at me. She had kind of a uh, Brooklyn-type accent. No, no new, offense, new, Brooklyn, you just, that's how you sound. Oh. So, well, I sure hope you know what you're doing. <laughs> she just kept walking. <laughs> Now the guy was a little more empathetic. Okay, uh. he looked. He stopped and he looked at me. He says, "Oh man, this is like worst case scenario." He says, "You're you're stranded out here," and I said, "No, not really." I said, "I got a spare tube. You know, it's in my pack here. I pulled it out and showed him the tube." I said, "I've just I've got to change it out and I'll be fine." And he said, "Well, how are you going to blow it up?" Oh yeah, the yeah. And I said, well, look right here. I got a CO2 cartridge. These little mini CO2 cartridges. Pop them on. Pff, it's done. And he looked at me. He said, he says, man, you think of everything. <laughs> and his wife, it's your first ride, huh? This is, this is true. <laughs> you can't make this up. So his wife looks back. You know, he's still talking to me. She goes, what are you doing back there? Get over here. And he looks at me and he says, I should have married you. <laughs> So it's not over. So I said, I said, talk to my wife. She's she's been yeah. willing to give me away a couple yeah. times. But he just shook his head and walked away. So that was kind of an interesting flat tire story. Next, we have a segment talking about Dale teaching math in Eswatini, Africa. It turns out Dale is more than just a pretty face. So listen to his experiences teaching nine-year-olds in Eswatini, Africa, which is your math story, this is which, I'm looking, which I'm looking forward to with and, and uh, breath. He has not heard anything. This is all new to him. This is all new to me, all as, new to as, as always. Rehearsed. Dale comes in with his uh, two he, minutes preparation and says, this is what I'm going to do, Dave. Pointing and... Okay. And I'm sweating bullets, wondering, where is he going this week? <laughs> I experienced a math incident. I'll call it a math incident that caused a lot of chuckles and a little bit of reflection. So in order to, in order to, uh, to give our listeners the math challenge, uh, I'm going to give you some background. Now, you, you did know that I taught school. I knew that you taught school. But I, I, thought, I always thought you were teaching English over there. But you just told me that that's not the case. No, I, I, I did not teach English. I taught some... Uh, uh, a little bit of uh, sort of history, uh, that kind of a thing, to some older students from, say, 16 and older. But I just had no, no rapport with them. So I ended up, it turns out that my, my best rapport is with 9- and 10-year-olds. So I actually taught several years a uh, fifth grade. And in a class where you could teach a little bit of reading 
In fact, on opening day... You were kind of an elementary school yeah, teacher. Yeah, kind of basically. an elementary school teacher. I found out that, that I really had a rapport. So I'm thinking I'm, I'm really clever that I have adapted. I'll, I'll let you know why I have that rapport. So on opening day of school, uh, when the kids would come in, I would say, listen, boys and girls, uh, I want to teach you the three R's. Reading, R-E-A-D-I-N-G. Writing, R-I-G-H-T-I-N-G. <laughs> I believe this. And arithmetic, R-I-T-H-M-I-T-H-I-C. Some other letters. <laughs> right, so I write the three, rar, three R's on the board. Dale is the world's worst speller, by the so, way. So when I read it on the board. He's not making this up. And then, uh, and then I sort of hesitate a few minutes, and sh- surely enough, one of them or two of them or three of them, or sometimes all of them, their hands would creep up real slow, and, <laughs> and they would say, you know, you, you spelled that wrong. Mr. Dell, Mr. Dell. Yeah, they say, you spelled that wrong. And I, and I would turn around and say, and you cut that, and that's exactly why I'm going to teach you, because I don't want you to grow up to be like me. You're better than this. <laughs> so, you know, when it came to math, we could do, we did fractions. Uh, we did a lot of uh, stuff in centimeters and meters and stuff like that. So we did some fractions. Use the metric system. I love yeah, it. Yeah, much, much, much it. simpler. So we had a lot of fun with that. And we did some percentages, and uh, we tried to do long division, but that is a that was a little bit... I had a hard time conveying that you concept. There. Oh, okay. So I admit that we didn't succeed at that. However, this is what I did succeed at. I succeeded explaining to the children their need to know this basic math. I convinced them that it was important that they knew that. And I was able to use the math at their level. And this is the, this is when the... They're nine, and I'm 48 or 50 years old, and I realize that I have no more ability at math <laughs> than a nine or ten year old. I, well, there's I, a there's a there's a plus for that though, right? Well, I was actually on the same mathematical level with them, and I understood the math that I was working. So you with understood them. how they struggled. I, right? I understood. I understood how it was. Dif- it's a, math is a difficult concept, so I was able to convey to them the importance of it. And as a result... How did you do that? Well, we, we, we played games where you had to be quick at adding, uh, you know, all the, the numbers from 1 to 10, you know, every combination thereof. And okay, we, yeah. Uh, I, I insisted I was going to send them to the store and they had to come back with the right change. And I said, you know, I'm going to give you 50% of this. And, you know, I just, I just made it... Dangled practical. some incentives out there. That's good. That makes sense. Anyhow, it, it, it worked. These kids went on... They went on with a very relaxed approach to math and reading and writing. They were, prof- they were really, really quite good. They can communicate at nine years old in all three ways mathematically. By the time they got to 12, when the real math teachers started to work on them and on through 18, every one of those kids were just phenomenal. They just, they child books, they did the math. So basically I'm telling you that I really got along well with nine and 10-year-olds math-wise. And I realized that that's pretty much the level I've ever reached with <laughs> so, math because a, a, I have other people figuring out math things for me. You people call that, me, right? Yeah, I call you, call, you or call you go on a Google or you do something else because everything I needed to do with math, there was a calculator and stuff like that now. Mm-hmm. So, Next, we have some snippets from an interview that I did with my grandson's seven-year-old Gabriel, also known as 
Officer Steve and Commander Nash and his four-year-old brother Grayson, also known as Commander James. In the episode, they call me O.T. That's their name for me. I'm not Grandpa. I'm O.T., old-timer. So you'll first hear a little bit from Officer Steve, the crime fighter, and then a little segment with Commander James, Grayson, who will talk about our overnight camping trip. Here it comes. You'll have to excuse the audio quality. It doesn't meet our typical buck standards, but we managed to do it under trying circumstances. Here it goes, folks. Okay, hey, this is OT here with... Who am I with? Who's, who, who's visiting me today? Commander Nash. Commander Nash. How are you today, Commander Nash? Good. What's, what's going on today, Commander Nash? Well, there is a lot of crime for no reason. No reason. Close to your mouth. There's a reason they're trying to steal stuff and do something bad. So who who takes care of the bad guys? Who chases them and puts them in jail? Uh, I do. You do. Well, Commander Nash is my nickname. Steve is my real name. Steve is your real name. Oh, okay, okay, Steve. Good talking to you. So what else? What else is going on in the world of the good guys and bad guys, Steve? Well, uh, we are also doing. Are you working today, Steve, or are you on vacation in uh, Florida? I'm on vacation in Florida. Oh, tell me what you did on vacation here so far, Steve. I went swimming at the beach. I went swimming in a pool back there. Back to the crime talk. Back to crime talk. Let's do some better. The so since we they were invading, mm-hmm. we had to get... They were going in submarines and drilling. submarines. Ooh. Yeah, and and then and then they were got these big drills out of the submarines when they were close to the land and started drilling through drilling tunnels. Yeah, and then they just prop up, and then they just like and go out at the top of the land without noting a noticing, um, start firing. Then they cause a lot of trouble. Yeah. The police come. Who do the police call? Uh, the police call Steve. Steve. Mm-hmm. Are you a detective, Steve, or uh, Officer Steve? Keep it I'm by more your like a ninja, half ninja, half superhero. A half ninja, half superhero. Uh-huh. Wow, that's a that's a pretty scary combination. Mm-hmm. How about the bad guys are afraid of you when that happens? They're not really. They're not they afraid like, of you. Like, they like. Oh, they. Mo- some of them. What about the guys in the haunted house? Any bad guys in there? Uh, I don't know why they're building haunted houses. The bad guys are building haunted houses and dressing up, really? trying to scare me. I just pull off their masks. You're you're not afraid of them? No, I'm oh, not. Oh, that's great. That's and great, Steve. Then they start throwing your nades. I just, I just. You swat I just them hold aside. my hand up and catch them and throw, throw them back them. when they're about to explode. Nice, nice. So you're saving, you're you're saving the good guys. Mm-hmm. You're protecting and them. Then, and then and then I go in the basement. They 
to ch- but to set a trap. Yeah. Uh, they go in the basement. They chase me down. Then then I then I hide and get up. They look around in the basement. Then suddenly I shut the door, lock it, ah, and, and, and let a bomb in, and let a bomb in the haunted house, and then run away. That's a good. And then they're trapped. They and then are they trapped. Get out they can't. The bomb explodes. Ouch. Then what happens? Then they're French fries. Uh yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Huh? Okay, that was a little bit of Gabriel, and next we hear some Grayson. Hello, everybody. This is O.T. here with another special guest. My special guest today is Grayson James. He's a pretty famous guy in the Nashville area, and he's here to talk to us about some things that are going on. So how are you today, Mr. Grayson? Good. Well, tell me something about uh, what you've been doing lately. Have you done any camping or? Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Well, I well, there, well, I camped out in, in a cabin. I slept on the top, and my brother slept on the top. And, and, and O.T. and my dad slept on the bottom bunks. Oh, so who had the best bunks? Who had the best? Me and Gabe. Uh, what did you do up in your bunks? Uh, did you see anything, or...? Watch TV. Okay. You watch TV? Yes. Did you see, like, what did you see on the TV? Scooby or? We watched a movie on it and Scooby. Wow, I bet that was fun. What else did you do when you were at the cabin? We fished. Yeah. Didn't catch any fish. Didn't catch any fish, okay. What else? Well. What did you do at night? Watched a movie. Before that. Do you do anything outside at night? Roast marshmallows. Oh, what did you make? Marshmallows. S'mores? Was it s'mores? S'mores. And who was uh, who was taking care of the fire pit? Ot. And who was his who was his helper? Me. Boy, and you did a fine job too. I want everybody out there to know that you were an excellent fire master. It was very safe. What about breakfast? Breakfast the next morning. We went to a cafe, and I had, and me and my brother, I had. What did you have? I had a blueberry muffin and orange juice, and gave out a, blue, uh, a banana nut muffin with butter and orange juice. Wow. So what did you do after breakfast? Then you packed up, huh? Yes. And then we left. Then you left. And what did you do yesterday? I think you had a pretty busy day yesterday, didn't you? So that was part of the interview. You can go back to see season two episode to see to listen to season two episode fifteen if you want to hear the whole interview. So I hope that gives a good sampling to our new listeners and a good uh, retrospective for our old time loyal listeners, old bucks and vintage vixens alike. So on that note, I will say this is old buck Dave. Saying adios, dosvidanya, auf Wiedersehen, we're not in Canada, eh, and all that. Talk to you next time, folks. Bye-bye.